0: to Entrepreneur Decoded, the show which reveals the habits, fears, failures, and joys of today's most inspiring and successful entrepreneurs, with new
1: episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Now, here's your host, Simon Sander. Let's get into the show. Today's featured guest is Brian McMahon. Welcome, Brian. Ah, It's excellent to be here. Thanks for having me on. Brian is the founder of Expert Dojo, which is now the largest training academy for early stage entrepreneurs in Southern California. After working with entrepreneurs in over 34 countries, he's passionate about one thing, moderate success. Uh, so Brian, take a minute to fill in some gaps from that intro and give us a little glimpse of your personal life.
0: So our accelerator over here brings through around 100 companies, 100 startups every single quarter. And our entire objective is to try and see if we can have more startups succeeding rather than having more success for specific startups. So my personal life ties into it, I suppose. I've been doing this for many, many, many years. And over the last five years or so, I've really, and especially I've lived in 35 countries. I've had businesses in many of those countries. And over the last five years, I've really looked at the States and try to understand why there's such a high failure rate between startups in the states, uh, which is which is pretty shocking. And most people don't realize because what most people see on the news is the fact that American companies are huge and booming and the envy of the world. But in truth, failure rates can be as high as 97, 98, even
1: 99% for young startup tech companies. So let's touch on that uh, a bit. It's a really fascinating topic and we could probably talk about it for hours. But um, if you had to pick uh, some of the key mistakes or challenges startups uh, pursue uh, and why startups fail, um, let's talk about that a bit. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about this for weeks.
0: Uh, and, and it's a challenge that faces us everywhere in life. We look at television, we watch these idiot reality shows from the Kardashians and everything else that happens in the States, and we all idolize the simplicity of being able to achieve things. And I mean anything, being able to achieve, have an amazing marriage, have an amazing life, be an amazing human being, start up an amazing business. But none of it's the truth. The truth is that life is difficult, and if you want to build up a business, it's really hard, and it's going to take you two or three years, and you have to be prepared to go through incredibly difficult circumstances, and you have to build your business as if you're building the entire foundation of of anything that you want to be successful at the start. So you've got to put the work into that, and we're in this world where really, because of everything we see and the fact that everything is shiny and nice and easy, we're given the impression that it's very simple. So I think the, the easy answer to your question is a lot of people start up companies in the false belief that it's probable they're going to be successful if they do an OK job. And that's not true unless you have an incredibly strong market validation, i.e., somebody wants and needs your product, not that your product is is a vitamin for them, but it's a painkiller for whatever they need. Unless you have an incredibly strong roadmap, which leads you from daily activities all the way through to revenue that you expect to receive at the end of the month to cover all of your expenses. And unless you have a really, really strong team and product fit, you're going to fail, like for a fact. And most startups don't take that on board. They have a great idea. They meet with their friends over dinner and a beer in the evening. They decide they're going to take over the world and disrupt a Fortune 500 company. And about a year and a half down the line, they're working for Uber. That's that truth,
1: though. That's um, I have so many uh, follow-up questions I want to ask. But okay, job isn't good enough. So you have to work both smart as well as heart, um, What are some things that uh, people should do when they're thinking about starting a company, starting a startup?
0: So start with the problem. I mean, you have to really make sure you're solving a problem. If I get one more person coming into our accelerator telling me they're gonna do a, a, a social media company for 29 and a half year old men who like going out and playing table tennis in the afternoon, it's just a joke and it doesn't ha- and it doesn't and it doesn't work there has to be a really big serious problem that's being fixed so that's the first thing start there and make sure that people validate don't get validation from your mom or your dad or your best friend get validation from the actual market to make sure that what you're fixing needs to be fixed so that's the first thing the second thing is When you're building a business, sure, think like a startup. It's great to have a skateboard, and it's great to be able to go down the beach, and it's great to be able to meet with your friends and talk to them about how cool you are, but you better act like a corporation. If you're gonna have the audacity to think that you're gonna disrupt a Fortune 500 company, then you sure as hell better be more professional, better prepared, more agile, and with a better plan than they have. And that means that you got to take these things seriously.
1: So all the successful companies and startups you work with, what has been the one special sauce that kind of connects all those businesses? There is no one special sauce. That's my point. That's my point. Like this is sold to
0: us that there is an easy secret sauce that you learn, and then you come out and you start off a successful business. And it's just not true. The successful sauce... Was what I mean, I'm Irish. I know Estonia well. I've been there many times um, and I've been to plenty of places around Europe and the people who 30, 50, 100 years ago started businesses with dirty hands and grit under their fingernails and working 18 hours a day and not being prepared to lose and making sure they listen to advice and fix what's broken and focus entirely on the goals. They're the people that were successful 50, 100 years ago. And today, they're the people who are successful today. Now, look, there is an exception to this. We live in a a very unfair and cruel world that's extremely elitist. And those small, few, privileged uh, people have the ability to bypass the system I'm talking about. So if you're very wealthy and you come from a good background and you're related to venture capitalists, then chances are, even if you have a shitty idea and you've got terrible implementation and you're an awful entrepreneur, you still have a chance of being able to start a really big company. And I won't say names, but if you look at most of the biggest companies in the world in the last five years, about 40, 50 percent of them would fit that profile pretty easily.
1: I personally would argue that you can actually get into a project half-assed and still make uh, make a living out of it and maybe even earn six-figure incomes. We've had a lot of entrepreneurs been on the show who've worked on side projects and they're not really care about what they've been doing. And of course, uh, they weren't that passionate about the topic, but they still made it. So what is your definition of success? S-
0: success is what you need to achieve to be able to live the life you want to live. So... Uh, I, I don't believe a billion dollar company is success. I totally agree with you. Uh, I much prefer if I see an entrepreneur who's making three, four, $500,000 a year. I mean, take like to the definition of success in Estonia, for me, would be the than the definition of success in Santa Monica, where I live. Where I live in Santa Monica, if you're making less than $250,000 a year, you're going to find it very hard to live. And I know that's going to sound very, very bizarre for a lot of people in Europe, but it's extremely difficult to survive on less than $200,000, $250,000 a year. In Estonia, or you live where I come from in Ireland, or you live in England, you can live perfectly well for an awful lot less than that. So it comes down to a very simple basis of what do you need to be able to cover the basic needs that you have and make sure that you prepare yourself for the future so that you're not waking up every morning and thinking to yourself, I can't afford this. That's the first point. Second point is, how much do you love what you do? So I love what I do. So for me, you know, getting 20, 30, 40% less for the simple fact that I could wake up in the morning and say that I love what I do every day more than 99% of people, that's a value of success as well. And then look, what this all ties into is if you can't afford to maintain your company as your primary income, then... You're not being successful with that company as a company. You're being successful with that company as a hobby. And that's okay. You just got to be honest with yourself about what it is. If you can maintain that company and you can maintain a lifestyle which is great to live, knowing that you're doing something that you love doing, then you are incredibly successful. Um, and I'm glad you brought it up because a lot of people only look at Facebook or Google or LinkedIn or Snapchat as being success. Most of these founders have less than, Facebook are an exception, but most of the founders of the largest $100 million billion company, they have very, very little equity left in their company. The companies are not owned by these founders. The companies are owned by the venture capitalists
1: who invest and fund the expansion of those companies. Brian, I want to talk to you about you being an entrepreneur. Um, could you tell me what is the one thing that you personally do that you feel has been the biggest contributor to your successes so far?
0: Again, I don't, I don't believe there's one thing. I think there's a number of very important factors which lead to a successful outcome in whatever I am doing or anyone else is doing. Uh, I have incredibly strong tenacity. So if somebody else wakes up at 5 o'clock in the morning, uh, I'll wake up at 4 o'clock and so on and so on. Uh, I also have very strong vision as to how to fix specific problems. So I really focus on painkillers. I really focus on making sure that whatever we're dealing with on a daily basis, it fixes something on a measurable basis, which is more than anything else before. Uh, I would also say I'm I'm also very clear about life and about what life is all about. So I don't chase shiny pennies. I don't spend all of my time making sure I have a bigger house, a bigger car, a house closer to the beach. I'm very fortunate in where I live. I'm very fortunate with my life. But I understand that happiness comes from what we do and what we are on a daily basis. So I focus all my efforts on making sure that I achieve that every single day. And I do. I wake up every morning, And I I wish I'd woken up half an hour earlier and when I go back in the evening and I I finish doing what I'm doing, I'm thankful for the fact that I've just had 12, 13, 14 hours of of awesomeness, as they would say in the States.
1: So do you feel that uh, you have this way of thinking about life because you travel to so many different countries because you have a, it seems like you have a really unique perspective on life? So
0: I have, I have. There's. Firstly, yes, you're right. I've lived um, for over three months in every country that I've lived in. So I've, I have a wonderful perspective. When I was in Europe, I, you know, I had one of my companies cover Denmark and Stockholm and Sweden and Norway and also Latvia and Estonia. So I had this great perspective of being able to see, once are in all of those different places and how they differ based on and where they come from. I also have here the same thing. Like I said, we bring about 100 companies through our accelerator in Santa Monica every single quarter. So I see every company coming through the door from your social media to marijuana to artificial intelligence to virtual reality. So I get to really understand problems that are being fixed in, in the world. Uh, I also have an amazing family, which I'm really grateful for, and I have a really good grounding. Uh, and what that I suppose what that over the last 40 odd years has led me to believe is that in life we have three or four fundamental pillars that help us achieve what we want to achieve, right? Now, working on the bay, I'll leave aside religion because I just can't be bothered in, in arguing with people on that. Um, and I'll leave aside food and shelter because we need those things anyway. I'm just talking about the, the foundations of what we can look back on and say, wow, we really did what we had to do in this world. And the first one for me is learning, is information, is being able to learn as much as we possibly can. I think it's so sad when I see people just sit in front of the television watching some regurgitated garbage that's just been put out to us by the popular media. Uh, and there's so many amazing people doing so many phenomenal things. I I, I, I wish everybody had the a great privilege that I have to be able to see, just and learn and hear and feel from all these great leaders. So that's number one: information and learning never stop, never settle, never allow the the environment to to make you more stupid every day by just doing what you're what you're being instructed to do. Number two is travel, and I don't mean travel to Ibiza or travel to an island and go there for a week. I mean really understand and experience different cultures and what makes different people think and how they think. It's incredibly important. The more places you go to, the more you understand the world, the more you understand what your place is in the world. The third area is creation. So when I talk about small business or I talk about uh, creative companies, I'm really speaking to being able to introduce something to the world that would never, ever have existed if you hadn't been there. And that's really powerful. It's way more powerful than whether you earn $200,000 or $300,000 in a year. This is about your stamp on life. Like what, what is it that's going to tell the world, tell the world, are your kids or your kids' kids in 20, 30, 40 years that you even existed, that you even mattered, that anything that you did or you stood for is worth a damn. And that's where the creation comes in. And unfortunately, when we go to school, we're not taught to do that. We're taught to follow we're taught that forget about creation forget about entrepreneurship forget about small business we're going to teach you how to get a job we're going to teach you how to follow somebody else how to do what you're told for your entire life so that when you get to your deathbed you'll think two things you'll think number one thank god i made it and number two you'll think there's so much more i could have done but I settled. Right. And that's the third thing I just want to get that my final foundation is what you can actually do to give back to the world itself, like how you can touch other people. And if you can do those first three foundations, you get to a really good place in life whereby you don't have to get into charity to actually give back. But you can really make a strong a measurable impact on other people in the world just by being what you've become. And that's it. they my
1: that's what makes me me. You've worked with a lot of people. Do you feel that a lot of entrepreneurs um, uh, live in this tendency saying, what if, uh, only if I would have done that when I was younger. What if this happens? What if that happens? Kind of living in those crazy uh, dreams. Uh, do you ever feel that way? I, I see it a lot less with entrepreneurs than I see it with actual
0: people who work for for companies. People who work for companies spend their entire lives regretting. Because, A, all they do, like the only reason for existing in the world is just to be a worker bee. That's all. Just to turn up at nine o'clock. To have somebody that you don't know or don't care about tell you at the age of 20, 30, 40 or 50 that you were two minutes late for work. That you didn't turn up for a meeting that you were supposed to be at. Like it's a joke. And that's regret. That's horrible regret. Entrepreneurs, look, I know entrepreneurs, including me, who wish that we had done something different on a Tuesday afternoon between 2 and 2.30. But regret stepping out and actually trying to make a difference in the world and create something incredible that would never have been there before. Are you kidding me? That's like, uh, you know, entrepreneurs for me are are the heroes. They're the, they're the people, they're the pioneers of today. They're the ones that, make our tomorrow just a friggin' million times better. No, no regret. I very seldom see regret. I see lessons, learns, failures we wish we, that we hadn't had, but regret to be an entrepreneur or to, to endeavor to do something, never.
1: You talk about uh, legacy a lot and uh, creating something that has never created before, kind of making a difference in the world. Uh, it might seem like a cheesy question, but why? Why does that matter? because it's really important to be able to make sure when
0: you're using up your 24 hours of oxygen in a day, that you use it up in a way that's best, right? That you can say in between two and four o'clock in the afternoon. And, And by the way, I don't mean you have to feed millions of people in Africa, Are that you have to go and do something in Sudan and help out humans there. But I am saying that there are 7 billion humans on this earth. That whether we like it or not, we touch people every single day. And different people look at why we're on this earth and what we're measured by and what makes a good life and what makes a bad life. But I don't think there's anybody out there who would say, if I could positively impact another human being today without it negatively impacting me, that would be a bad thing. So, the great thing about being an entrepreneur is you buy yourself that freedom. You buy yourself the freedom to step away from being an employee where you're kind of in bondage and slavery for your entire life. As an entrepreneur, you get the freedom to be able to step out and say, if I can create what I want to create, then I can live the life that I want to live. And that means surrounding myself with people who I can impact in a positive way, in many ways too.
1: Going off that, how do you want to be remembered? For
0: me, I... I actually don't know how I want to be remembered. I never think about how I want to be remembered. I just want to do. I just want to do. I just want to wake up in the morning and make sure that for every single moment that I'm awake, I do. And I do to the absolute best of my capacity. And then how other people will think of me is really down to how other people think of me. I always say I have an 11-year-old boy. And I always say the same thing to him that I've always said to myself, which is don't you dare let anybody else ever measure your success, ever. And then as long as you don't do that, then you're going to be very unhappy in life. The only person who can measure your success is you.
1: So it kind of comes down to living your life without any regrets being on your deathbed and looking back. I did everything that I could. Yeah, I lived. I lived lived my, I lived my life. And if you're one of those people who can say, I lived my life, you're in the 0.01%. Honestly, I think that's a perfect segue uh, to our last topic. And uh, it's been a great uh, talk so far. Let's talk about happiness. Um, we talked uh, about it a bit, but what really brings you joy and makes you happy?
0: I love, firstly, I have an 11-year-old boy or a 10-year-old boy, like I said. So you, anybody who's got kids will tell you that the maximum happiness that they have is with their kids. Uh, I'm really blessed to have a great family. But, but more than anything, most people really don't like what they do every single day. And I absolutely love what I do every single day. I'm in Silicon Beach with my own accelerator, surrounded by hundreds of what will be and what are the greatest companies in the world. What's not to love about that? So I, uh, I'm i very, very, very blessed in the place that I am. But I would also say I chose my destiny. I don't believe, with the exception of people who just come from really unfortunate places, you know, personally and, and geographically, I don't believe most people Give themselves the opportunity to be able to really live the life that they want. I did. I made a conscious choice 25 years ago that I was going to live in 50 countries. I made a conscious choice that money was not going to be the most important part of my life and I wouldn't ever allow it to make me miserable. But I'd also make sure that I'd never allow it to make me a slave as well. I made a conscious choice that I was going to embrace human relationships and with the people that I love, then I love them more. And the people that I hate, I won't spend a second uh, even thinking about them. So when you set parameters for what you want to achieve and what you want to do, it's a really good thing. Uh, And I would say just finally on that, I made a decision. I've had multiple companies before from the consultancy that I had throughout Europe and the rest of uh, China and throughout the rest of the world through to a property development company that I had through to a large technology company that I exited. And the current company for me is the one that I enjoy most. And I enjoy it most and it brings me most happiness because it's the one company where I looked at real injustices that are in the world, which are all of the stacked cards against entrepreneurs being successful by institutional investment, by privileged groups who don't necessarily want to see entrepreneurs from non-privileged areas becoming really well, doing really well, And, and just generally in the schooling system and education system. And I decided that we were going to create an environment that was going to increase success within entrepreneurs who, without us, frankly, would not have been able to be successful. And we were going to cross borders of color, of gender, ethnicity, age, everything, and show that we could create phenomenally successful entrepreneurs from absolutely anyone. And right now, today, our success rates are about four to five times the local market here in Santa Monica, not just for tech companies, uh, but for all companies. And we intend to continue increasing that. And our expectation is in 2017, we'll have about a thousand people go through our accelerator.
1: You mentioned conscious choice. Uh, You were really clear about your vision. And I think a lot of people are, but not everybody's happy not everybody can look back uh, when they're old and say that I lived so why do you think that some people make it some people don't why some people go after their dreams and some fail I I don't believe these are these are events this is why I struggle
0: with any of these motivational events where you go to some bullshit three-day I'm going to change your life Tony Robbins type seminar that's not how it works It works with very small steps. So you wake up one day and you say, I want to become a doctor. And then you take a stethoscope and you read a book and then you go to a school and then you go to a college. And lo and behold, 10 years later, you're a doctor. Now, in my world, you say to yourself, I want to be an entrepreneur. And that doesn't mean that you find an idea and you suddenly make that idea and you become rich and everything's really good. It means you work. The same as if you were working to become a doctor to become the greatest entrepreneur there's ever been. You become a study. You become an expert. You become somebody who's a sponge to finding out what it takes. And you do that day by day, minute by minute, until you finally reach a stage where as you look back, all of the dots connect. But what you don't do is what 99.9% of what everybody else does, which is that they start a job They say, well, I'm just going to work for a while and see how it goes. And then they get six o'clock in the evening and they go to the bar with their friends and they drink. And then on a Saturday night, maybe they'll go home and they'll sit and they'll watch television. And slowly by slowly, minute by minute, they become more, I would say, less smart because they've allowed society to suck it away from them day by day and year by year, until they're 40 or 50 and they look back and they say, I wish, I wish, I wish. And there's loads of reasons. Hey, I did it because I wanted to have a family. I did it because I wanted to make sure everybody was secure. But if people are really honest with themselves, they did it because they allowed it to happen.
1: I think that was perfect uh, segue. Um, And it's been such a great time talking with you and uh, I really appreciate your honesty. Let's end today's show with a parting piece of guidance from you and the best way to connect with you. Firstly, I I haven't spoken much about this
0: but I'm a massive believer in pay it forward. I'm a massive believer in two things. I'm a ma- massive believer in the blunt truth. Uh, I don't think we should say nice things just to make people feel good. I believe we should tell people what they need to hear so that they are good. Uh, but I also believe massively in a pay it forward concept. So if you surround yourself with people that you can positively impact and you do that for a long enough period, you'll find that that impact comes back to you. As long as you do it in a smart way and you watch the people that you are actually interacting with on a daily basis. So I find pay it forward as a concept and I find impacting other people in a positive way as a concept an incredibly rewarding way to live. So my suggestion is to everyone, number one, make sure you take control of the steps that are necessary so that you can live the life that you want to live I would always say to be an entrepreneur but to be anything make sure you control yourself rather than being controlled by other people number two embrace pay it forward as a philosophy in your life and look at the people around you. If you find that they pay it forward back to you and they're reciprocating and getting involved, then you've got great people around you. If you find that nobody ever, ever, ever appreciates it, likes it or wants to do anything about it, maybe it's a sign that you should change your friends. Number three, to achieve your dreams, you have to absolutely measure your dreams and have them written out and decide exactly what you want to do. I knew how many countries I wanted to visit. I knew what company I wanted. I knew that money was of less importance than other than other things. And I had all of these written down. So do exactly the same thing yourself to make sure that you have that. Um, and anybody who ever wants to contact me, I always give out my email address. I'm happy to correspond, give it advice and give help, as are any of my guys here, and it's Brian at Expert Dojo, anybody who'd like to get access to specialists that we have. On the Expert Dojo site, we've got tens of thousands of specialists in every single area of business, and I'm always happy to help. Brian, thank you
1: so much for coming in. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneur Decoded. For killer resources
0: and free content, go to entrepreneurdecoded.com.